Finances can be complicated, but they don't have to be. I break down financial topics that may seem complex and overwhelming so you can start taking action on your financial goals. I'm Ari Talby, and it all starts here on Personal Finance Redefined. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. Today's episode is all about health savings accounts and flexible savings accounts. So after you paid down any debt, you funded your emergency fund, and now you've begun investing, it's a great spot to look into a health savings account or a flexible savings account. It might make a ton of sense. So first, let's look at what are they? Why would you want one? And what are the benefits? So an HSA is not your typical savings account. In fact, they're not available to everyone. They're only available to those who have a high deductible health plan, The minimum deductible to qualify for the chance to invest in an HSA is $1,400 for an individual and $2,800 for a family. So Ari, why should I be looking into this? Well, when you withdraw funds for qualified medical expenses, you don't have to pay taxes. So that's right. Your money can grow tax-free, and when you withdraw the funds, you don't pay taxes. So they go in tax-free, they grow tax-free, and they come out tax-free. If you're listening right now and you're enrolled in Medicare, you can no longer contribute, but you can withdraw from it for other expenses with no penalty tax. So in a previous episode, I gave an example of why we invest in special types of accounts like Roth IRAs, IRAs, 401ks, and the reason is because we receive preferential tax treatment. If you had invested $10,000, just hypothetically speaking, and it grew to $100,000, you owe taxes on the $90,000 of growth, which can greatly decrease what it is you get to take home. If you had invested that amount in an HSA, you wouldn't owe any taxes on it. So let's say you're an active person and you like to play soccer. Well, I hope I don't get hurt, but if I do, an HSA would cover many expenses, and by the time the injury occurred, the goal is to grow the account as much as possible by investing, and I could take out the funds tax-free with an HSA. So HSAs, they help cover injuries and a whole bunch of other expenses that may come up as life throws us curveballs. If not, your money is continuing to grow on itself. So if you're thinking about opening an HSA with a private insurance plan, you can deduct annual contributions from your taxes when you file, so that's going to lower your taxable income. One of the beautiful things about HSAs are that they roll over year to year if you don't spend them. So it can grow, it might earn interest, and that is all non-taxable. So should you invest in an HSA? Well, if you don't think you'll have any medical expenses ever, then no, definitely not. But if you think the inevitable may occur, even if it gives you peace of mind, even if you think you're invincible, it might make sense to have a backup plan, especially one as powerful as an HSA that grows tax-free and comes out tax-free. Tough to beat that. Okay, what about an FSA? What's the difference between an FSA and an HSA? Well, an FSA, if you're self-employed and you're part of a high-deductible plan, you can still open and hold an HSA, but that's not the case for FSAs. So FSAs are only part of a benefits package with an employer. So sorry, you can't just go get one on your own if you are self-employed. Here's where it's tougher. The money is use it or lose it. It doesn't roll over if you don't use the funds, unless your plan allows for it most Most don't, but I've seen a few that do. But in general, they don't. So the money comes out of your paycheck before taxes. So here's an overview of how that works. 
When it comes to eligibility, you must have a high deductible health plan for an HSA, a high health savings account. For an FSA, the employer must offer the benefit. For an HSA, there are higher contribution limits for those who are married, and then back to an FSA, the contribution limits are lower, and married couples don't get the chance to double contributions. So it sounds like HSAs offer a whole lot more benefits. Well, in terms of choosing and changing your contribution amounts, with an HSA, once again, you can change how much you contribute at any time during the year, not with an FSA, only at open enrollment or a change in employment or family status. And here's the big one, rollovers. This is the big one, and it's worth re-mentioning. Any unused balances, they roll over the next year for an HSA. In an FSA, you have to forfeit any unused balances unless your employer allows for it. So for an HSA, you can keep the account even when you're unemployed or switch jobs. With an FSA, you're going to lose it if you make a job shift. So what do you really need to know? The tax implications. The tax implications show that contributions to HSAs are tax deductible. So that's going to lower your taxable income today, but can also be taken out of your pay pre-tax. All the growth and distributions are tax-free. FSAs are also pre-taxed, which means they're not taxed and the distributions are not taxed. So just in general, I've seen HSAs tend to work better for most individuals, especially when you consider the rollover options and contribution limits, but it, as always, it depends on your goals and exactly what it is you're hoping to achieve. This was a short episode. Just want to give the quick differences between HSAs and FSAs. If you have any more specific questions, please let me know. Happy to answer them in a future episode or reach out to me directly, whatever's easiest for you. I'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Personal Finance Redefined Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let me know if there's anything in particular you would like me to discuss by submitting a question at personalfinanceredefined.co. That's personalfinanceredefined.co. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time.